Okay. I just don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'll, I'll There's a game on, on Monday. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I know, I know. It doesn't, well, guys, we don't have to go an hour. We can go 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Like, yeah. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And not since Clay Helm was a pre-adolescent child was he so excited for a Rose Parade and a Rose Bowl. That's right. We're back. Post-Christmas edition of the Trojan Sports Podcast kicks off with roses right now. No, no, I don't know. You said cock-a-doodle-doo, Bob. Oh, yeah. Direct from Rivals in Yahoo Sports. This, this is the Trojansports.com podcast. For a USC with Trojan Sports publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Moving on. You love 33. You better cut that out, man. I swear. that better. I better not hear that on the podcast. You mean about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The, the okay. Beat reporter, Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. Message boards. We start March. Yeah. And yes. And yes. Your host, our very own Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. Reading whatever is on the prompter. Defense is Sua Adori Chalk by the end of the not, year, not by the way. Chalk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I said, I'll, I'll just read whatever it says, baby. I know. Yeah. Chris Morales. It's a touchdown. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything USC. Is that your first joke? That's really a good one. Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The Trojansports.com podcast kicks off now. The kids are back. Here is your host from the Yahoo Sports headquarters in Playa Vista, Chris Morales. As the man says, welcome to the TrojanSports.com podcast this fine Wednesday, December 28th, 2016. I am Chris Morales, donning my Rose Parade attire. Because who, when you think of this staff and this team, who else would be on top of the flow waving mildly to the audience? It would be me, right? I would be the bell of the ball. A man who's not a bell of the ball, Chris Swanson, publisher of Trojan Sports, is here. What is rose parade attire for you? Can you describe that just for... I'm in a long satin red dress with nothing else. Okay. Adam Aya likes the nothing else part. Adam, fresh off a Disneyland trip, we're going to get... Well, it was actually Disney's California Adventure, which I prefer. He was out there with Tomater and Luigi. Oh, you have alcohol. Yeah. No, no, no. It's because I love Cars Land. (laughs) No. No, I love Cars Land. And there's room to breathe. Disneyland, you can't breathe. No, you're right. Anyway, welcome in. Little game on Monday. The 103rd Rose Bowl will be at, yes, the Rose Bowl. USC, Penn State. We're excited because, as we've said on many shows, the beginning of this year and this season, we didn't think we'd be here. We figured Clay Helton would have been fired. There's going to be a whole mishbook of people coming in, and, and it would have been a disaster. But instead, we turned it around, and we made it to the Rose Parade. Not the Rose Parade, but the Rose Bowl. And we're excited about that because it means something. We don't know exactly what it means, and Chris Swanson, I'm sure, is going to get into that about the game on Monday. But it means something for us. It means Adam Maya gets to go to Disney's California Adventure and be around the team and the whole family and see Clay Heldon up there and doing stuff. Did you ride the Luigi ride with Clay Heldon? No, I uh, I filmed it. No, I saw your <laughs> I, I saw you tweet about it. me. Yeah, I filmed it. I, we were working. They actually shut the ride down for the two teams, so I was working. Now, did you not go on a ride? You might hear on the internet, but I worked yesterday at Disney California Adventure. Did you get on a ride? Yeah, I got on many. Okay, so that was, <laughs> there was a little fun involved. Yeah, I, I brought my family. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> that was what I didn't realize that that was part what of what a work day. Now, now if I may Bring ask, your family to Disneyland at work day. What a day, poor Adam. Let's pull back the curtain just a little bit. Yeah. Do <laughs> further not too far. Was that part of the deal as media, or did you pay for them to come with you? So, are we going to talk about this game or what? Well, we got time. It's one game. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had like four shows leading up to the game. I want to get into this. Uh, into what? Into the, 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 the dream that I one day could be like Adam Maya. Is the family part of the comp? No, no, no it's not part of the okay, comp. No. Okay, okay, okay. That's all I wanted to ask. Yeah. Oh. Like currently, <laughs> the line in Vegas is seven or six and a half for the game on Monday. Of course, going to, they're, they're giving the point, USC's favorite. And I think that that's a little disrespectful of USC. But a lot of people love Penn State, and a lot of people think Penn State's got a great offense. They, they do, but I think USC, for me, and we're going to start with predictions so we can actually talk about this game and get into it, uh, I think USC just is at least a two-touchdown win on Monday. Am I crazy for saying that, boys? I think most people think that. Chris Swanson doesn't have any feelings I, I, at all. I, no, I... I I, hey, I was waiting for Adam to say more than three words. I, I agree with Adam. I think that most people think that USC is going to roll Penn State. I think that most people, you know, just look at this USC team and it's USC in the Rose Bowl and they're playing a Big Ten team. And what happens when USC plays a Big Ten team in the Rose Bowl? That's what I feel like people are looking at. That's what I think they're thinking of. You know, in recent history, you know, the last few times, you know, I guess it was eight years ago now or whatever, but that USC's played a Big Ten team in the Rose Bowl, they've blasted them. It hasn't even been close. So that's what people are expecting. They're not even sure if Penn State's the best team in the Big Ten, even though they won it. You know, Ohio State wins to the playoffs. And I think a lot of people assume because USC beat Washington and went on a big win streak that they're the best team in the Pac-12 and they're one of the best teams in the country. So I think that's why you see USC getting, you know, a big spread there and and being favored by a lot. I don't necessarily agree with it. Honestly, I, I think it's too high. Um, I, I'll make my prediction after you guys, but um, I, I, if I was betting, I would I would look at that and go, you know, in a game where Penn State's the number six team and and won a really tough conference and went on a big win streak, that getting six and a half points that almost feels like USC's in a game getting six and a half points. That feels like a good deal to me. So i'm with you chris morales where i i feel like that spreads disrespectful a little bit but i'm also with you in the fact that you know you feel like usc is going to roll them and i think that's how the country feels and i think that's why that spread is looking that way right now yeah yeah that the public perception was decided a long time ago i think it's a really hard game to predict like a lot of bowl games because they don't have common opponents and obviously they're in different conferences but they're in very different conferences and the st- stylistically athletically just in you know across the board it, it's like very different football very different brands of football between the Big 10 and the Pac 12 and uh, that was something that Sam Darnold pointed out that when you watch Penn State on film it's a bit hard to calibrate how they're playing, meaning how fast are they? How, how strong are they? How physical are they? Because it, while it looks familiar, it's football. 
you're watching them on film against teams that that they, that USC doesn't face, and so I, I think that makes it intriguing. And people shouldn't be so confident about what's going to happen here. I mean, I have my thoughts as well, but I don't have a lot of conviction about how this game is going to play out. So, uh, now I gave a prediction. So, uh, do we want to get your prediction, or do you guys want to wait till the end of the show? We can do it now, but I want you to elaborate a little bit on your prediction because you just said USC is going to roll them. I want. You, I, want I think they're going to win by two touchdowns, that. at least. Why? Because I think our offense is high powered. You got to, even though Penn State travels well, especially for the Rose Bowl, and it's a bowl that they've been in many times. So, I think they'll travel well. But still, I mean, this is the Rose Bowl. It's Southern California. It's a USC team that is exciting that people want to root on. You know, this is a team that we didn't think was going to be here, obviously. Um, while I may have made a comment in the pregame before we actually were rolling that if somebody handed me tickets, I wouldn't go just simply because I don't want to deal with the Rose Bowl. I'd rather watch it at home with my red dress on and a bag of chips. But let's be honest. That, there's going to be a lot of USC fans there. It's going to be an energy. You got Sam Darnold. You got a young energy. You, there's something about it that I think the magic's going to come out, and we're just going to take care of Penn State. That's my feeling. I haven't watched a lot of Penn State football. I, I just don't think that this team, after what they've accomplished the last several games, especially the Washington game, that they're going to that they're not going to come out blazing. I mean, that's just how I feel. Maybe I'm overconfident, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, no, I, I think it's. Totally understandable. I think a lot of USC fans are feeling good about the Trojans' chances. And recently, so, I mean, Penn State is coming into the game probably feeling that way too. They've won nine in a row. And everyone thinks that they're, they're playing the best competition. You know, when, when you're talking about the major conferences, they all have pride in who they're playing. So the Big Ten does not look at the Pac-12 as a superior conference. And I think right now they probably don't even look at the SEC that way. So confidence is high everywhere. But we're just not uh, clued to it as much with, you know, from the Penn State side because of where we are and who we cover. But... I'm curious, I guess, about a few things. Maybe we can talk about some of the matchups before we give the predictions. And then, well, know, here's maybe, a matchup I want you to take on, Adam, because I, I know yeah, you, okay. you know this. What's is up? is Penn State's defense is horrible. Their offense is great, but they've got the number 45th ranked defense. I mean, it's not a defense that you would say can stop a high potent USC on top of it that we saw against Washington offense at this point. Well, yeah, that we, that we really saw for the better part of two months right. from USC. Um, USC did face a lot of a lot of truly terrible defenses later in the year, um, worse than Penn State's, for sure. But again, we're we're wondering about the the physicality and about the speed, and I think the general reputation would be USC has the advantage athletically. And Penn State would have it physically when, how much? Maybe they do, maybe that's true, but to what degree? We don't, we don't know yet. Um, if you had a pick between the two, you, you typically want to be more physical than maybe more athletic. 
if, if the advantages are aren't great. But we, we just don't know about these things. I think USC is going to score because I feel like they haven't played their best football yet. I think I feel like they still have a great game in them. I was looking back at each game, um, you know, now that we've had time to review, and we think of Washington being their best game of the year because that was their best win, but they scored what twenty six points, so they, they played better games offensively. Um, even though Washington was a better defense than than some of the other teams that they played, they played better offensively. Darnold has uh, had some monster game statistically as, as has his uh, supporting cast. And in defensively, that might have been their best game. It probably was their best game. Um, but they've, they've had a, a few games where they played at that level. But I still think that they can put together a, a, a perfect game, I guess. And, and they haven't done it yet. And maybe the bowl game will be it. Now, it, it's harder when you're playing a good team. But this is where time comes into play. This is what we saw through and through with, with Pete Carroll, where the bowl games, they were so good uh, in every phase of the game. And uh, I, I'm just interested to see what we get from Clay Helton and company. Um, I'm willing to kind of throw out the whole holiday bowl from last year and what happened there. It, it was just such different circumstances and and preparation, and uh, it, it was a different team. So while at the time it, it looked bad, it, it was a, I thought a bit of a at least a yellow flag. Right now we can dismiss it and and look at this as the first true bowl game of the Clay Hilton era, and uh, I guess I'm 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 leaning toward. The idea that they're going to play great on both offense and defense. That's what I'm thinking right now. I I think that they become really difficult to defend because of the way that they're able to run the ball now with Rojo. And uh, I actually spoke with Justin Davis this morning. And he said, you know, I came back for the Washington game because I needed to get back on the field and help out. But I was really just getting by. I wasn't right. He didn't look right. Now, I thought he was fairly healthy. I didn't think that he would really uh, put a lot of uh, pressure on his ankle if he couldn't run right. But you know, he didn't play nearly to the level that he'd been playing up until the Colorado game uh, in the middle of the season. He was on a tear, and it's totally forgotten by many. But he was, uh, you know, arguably their offensive MVP through the first half of the season. And so if he's good, and we know what Rojo's doing, Rojo's in the midst of uh, the best stretch of his career. And I, I believe Darnold is going to show up, and I think he's going to show out. And uh, between between them and uh, the consistency that they've been able to forge on the offensive line, I think there's a, there is a chance that they can put up 40 in this game. 
Well, the over-under right now in Vegas is 60. So everyone is expecting both teams. Most predictions you see is a 37-31 type thing by USC. Obviously, people are trying to go in line with the actual betting line. But most people think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and you're going to see both teams in the 30-point range. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that Penn State won't score that many points. I just think USC is going to score more by at least two touchdowns. Now, that might not be possible. In order to do that, to match my prediction, the defense might have to hold them. But Penn State has it does have a good offense. We know that. Um, I don't believe it's high potent or the possibilities. I think you make a great point. Have we seen USC put that, as the kids would say, that 100 down? Put down 100%, blow out the cannons, right. blow out all cylinders, and go to it. I would say you're probably right. I think they had the capability of doing it against Washington if they needed to. It turned out yeah. the, the defense allowed us not to have to put up 42 in order to win that game. We were able right. to, to put you know a, a score in the 20s. So I think that's a great point. I think definitely after Sam Darnold got to see you and got to be in Cars Land, a California adventure, mm-hmm. he, is, he has got that emotion. He is encouraged now to be like a Lightning McQueen in the movie Cars and race his little heart out to a Rose Bowl championship. Chris Swanson, you've been awfully quiet. Have you been looking up how you could sneak into the Beef Bowl? Or did the Beef Bowl already happen, Adamaya? No, it's on Thursday. There I'll be will, there. You will be there. I'm going to represent Trojan Sports. Beautiful. Now you get prime rib out of that whole thing, right? That's what they tell that, me. That is a good deal. That's a good deal. Chris Swanson, you got to get a deal like that for yourself, my friend. Hey, I'm going to be outside, you know, jingling the the, the change. No, you're going to be at some bar in Long Beach that you're going to tell us about that has amazing prime rib for five ninety nine. It's got one of those no, specials, no, no, no. like you see in Vegas, like you see in the uh, Vegas vacation, where well, five ninety nine quality prime rib product, and you get green beans. No, I'm going to be right outside Laurie's dressed as a homeless guy begging for change. Hey, that you probably, probably get you a good deal. You probably pick up a few subscribers that way. Yeah, maybe. But look at where I am. Help me out. Ten bucks a month, right? Exactly. Um, right. You know this this Wait, game. Chris, Chris yes. well, I'm going to interrupt real quick here. Okay. Did you get that reference on Vegas Vacation? I I only saw Vegas Vacation once, and then I never watched it again. So. Oh, I love that movie. I'm not a big Vegas vacation. I like the original, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the original is great. I thought they did yeah. a great job with Vegas vacation. They did. It was and it was easily the the close number, number one. Two. Yeah. Yes. And close like a one a like a one B almost. They did such a great job. I just see Chris. <laughs> if you remember that part where uh, the guy asked him if he wanted the blue or the yellow. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris would take both. Yes. I think Chris would go for both. He would go for both, and I would be Wayne Newton in the whole thing. Yeah, if you if you didn't get to meet Chris at our meet and greet that we had last week, then uh, that that tells you a lot about him right there. I think. Yeah, I saw Nick from Cypress post to the pictures on Facebook. Thanks for the invite, guys. Appreciate it. Did you just, did you Appreciate call that. Nate. Did no, you I said Nick. Nate no, Cy- no, I said Nick from Cypress. <laughs> okay. You, okay. You look ironic about that. Is that I didn't get invited? No, no, it's oh. that he. Asked for you to be there like eight like times, three different times, and I didn't get invited. Not by him, who's I my just Facebook friend. You didn't want to go? No, I probably wouldn't I have honestly, gone. But at least to get the invitation, I if I knew gone. you guys were going, I haven't seen you guys physically in person in I over a year. Go. Yeah. I didn't go. I, I I was in Texas. There you go. Yeah. So, I would have been there. Um, oh, so see, I, if there was no Adam, that would have been, that would have, ooh, I don't know the odds on me showing up if there's no Adam. Nothing against you, Chris, 
but then there would have been a whole like no, no, oh no. the Chris's were together but Adam wasn't there and then that no, energy would have been me and Scott too think about that yeah and then that's, Scott's that's like some trouble. Scott's asking me to come into his truck I mean it's just the whole thing anyway um, so Penn State USC <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Scott. We're gonna have another one, by the way. Uh, I hope another uh, meet and greet or another Rose Bowl. Fourth Johnny game in January. Beautiful. I can't wait. And Chris, you can come on by and get in Scott Schrader's truck. Me and Blair and Gulo. I'll invite Blair as my my plus one, and we'll hop in Scott's truck, just like the old days. <laughs> <sighs> Good night, everyone. Oh no, we still got some show left. Um, so USC, Penn State. Now, Chris. You've heard yes. some. Now, are we ready for a little prediction time, or do you, Adam? Do you want to break down even more of the game? I think Adam. I'm so excited to hear what you guys think. Yeah, Chris, Chris, I already know where your prediction is going, so I'll give you time to make it and explain it. Okay, so I'm going first, I guess. Then with the yeah. prediction. Okay, a um, couple things I want to talk about with this game, though, um, that I'm looking at that stood out to me. I think that are that are things that have you know people have brought up. Um, that I, you know, either think matter or don't. Uh, Penn State's schedule. Uh, Big Ten is a really tough conference. Everybody says that, you know, they're on a big win streak. I look at Penn State's schedule, and it reminds me a little bit of USC's in that I look at a lot of the teams that they won games against late, and I think could that team really have been Penn State? Uh, So I question them a little bit too, uh, the way I kind of question USC. I think that they're sort of similar. They've gone on late runs, and they've ended up uh, ranked high, uh, but I'm not exactly sure if they were challenged at the right times in their schedule or enough in their schedule um, to really you know, justify what people are saying about them. I, I definitely think that about Penn State. Um, although, you know, they did have some impressive performances, obviously, and they beat Ohio State, and they won the Big Ten Championship. Um so that jumps out to me. I'm not exactly sold on them being like an 11 and two, you know, Big Ten champion because uh, I, I think that schedule could have ended up being much harder if they, you know, were in a different division or if things just broke uh, differently. Another thing that I'm looking at is uh, the preparation, uh, the time that that's between uh, you know the last game and the Rose Bowl. Adam touched on that, bringing up the Pete Carroll era, which I thought you know was, it was something that should have been brought up. That was always a big factor with Pete Carroll and bowl games. Um, so I think this game, we'll see what Clay Helton and his staff are about. Um, I know people will point to that Holiday Bowl, and Adam covered this as well. I agree with him. I don't think that's fair because of the circumstances surrounding that. I think this is the first real test. Uh, for Clay Helton in a bowl game and, and you know, kind of a situation, uh, you know, where he's got to prepare his team for some time before a game. I think the last time that USC really had that in front of them was Alabama, and that didn't turn out well. That might have been because it was Alabama, but, you know, that wasn't a good first impression for those types of games, so I think this game matters. Right now, I think I'm leaning towards James Franklin in that category of who's going to have the team best prepared in that situation with that amount of time. I don't know though. It's too early in coach Clay Helton's career to really start judging him on that kind of thing. Uh, Pete Carroll obviously got that reputation for, you know, being a guy that where he always had the advantage over the other coach. If there was time uh, we'll see right now, I'm leaning towards James Franklin. Another thing I'm looking at is uh, the physicality uh, of the game and that aspect of it. I've talked about it on the podcast before um, I brought up that, you know, uh, I guess back when USC was playing Washington and they won that game and I didn't think they were going to, but I brought up a reason why I thought Washington could win 
was the physicality uh, compared to some of the other teams on USC's schedule. I pointed out that Alabama looked, you know, much more physically prepared and imposing uh, than USC did in that game. I thought Stanford looked that way. I thought Utah eventually won that game in that sort of way as well. They were able to continue moving the ball late in the game, and they sort of won that battle. Um, I expected Washington to to expose USC a little bit in that uh, area. It didn't happen. I'm wondering if Penn State can do it because I think Penn State's offense is that type of team. I don't think it's an offense that USC's defense matches up that well against. They don't have a quarterback that's just going to stand back there and take hits. They move around. They run option. Uh, they're physical up front. I think that worries me a little bit in this particular matchup. Uh, if I was USC, that would worry me. I know USC's defense has looked really good this season. I wonder if that will continue after this game. I personally think USC's offense will run through Penn State's defense like butter. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. But at the end of the day, I don't know if USC's defense is going to be what everyone expects of them um, in this game because they have been so good throughout the season. I don't know if it's going to continue in this one. Uh, I think Penn State's going to win a high-scoring game, and I think they're going to be able to move the ball on USC. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a great game. But I'm just not I'm not sold on this matchup for USC's defense. I think that if, if they were playing a quarterback that, you know, wasn't, you know, was a stationary guy, and if they're playing an offense that was more pro style, I would pick them. I just think Penn State's offense is explosive and, and kind of unstoppable for a reason. And I, I don't like the matchup for USC. I, I think Washington was a better matchup for them in terms of offense versus their defense. And, you know, the last time I felt like they played a team like this that could challenge them, I think they lost. Um, I'm going to go that way right now, but it's going to be close that it wouldn't surprise me if USC won this game either. That's good. Uh, you make some good points. You really do. I'm thinking about the quarterback play and who would be a good comp. They really haven't faced a lot of great quarterbacks this season. And I think the closest to what they're probably going to deal with would be Jalen Hurts at Alabama, who was only a true freshman, and that was the season opener. And he moved the offense while Alabama is totally a machine and isn't nearly as reliant on him as uh, Penn State is on its quarterback. I guess stylistically that would be the guy. And USC did have issues defending him. There was definitely uh, a change when he came in the game compared to Barnett, who played uh, really, I think, the first quarter when uh, USC shut out Alabama. So that was a long time ago. And Pendergast has made this point over and over when I've talked to him about the team understanding what he wants from them. And I don't think it's just coach speak because we've seen the defense really play well for a while now and, and improve as well. So I, I have a hard time believing that they would give up 40 points, that they would find themselves in a the kind of game that you're describing 
Not that I don't think Penn State's offense is legitimate. I think that USC's defense is still underrated. I, I think it's kind of a, a regular thing for USC. You know, and this might be a weird parallel, but think back to that, that documentary that ESPN did, the, the Trojan War 30 for 30, and how much time they spent on Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, like they were the only two players on that team when there were about a dozen All-Americans uh, in, in that in that period that they were covering on defense. Yeah, that's true. Just on defense alone. And, and that's really where where they built the the backbone of that of that dynasty. Damn you, now you've ruined Trojan War for me. I just watched that a couple of nights ago. I love that. Now I'm gonna think about that every time, Adam. Thanks. It's good for what it is. It just there were, there was a lot There was a lot left, left on the table. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's hard. You only get what, ninety minutes? Yeah. So um they, they could probably have done a a five part series on that, like they did for OJ. But um I really think this defense has been critical to the success of the team. They have Especially been. being in the Pac-12 where it's forgotten now because a lot of those teams didn't even make a bowl game, but they still averaged 30 to 40 points a game. And then what, what happened? They they would hit their, their season low in points and oftentimes in yards too when they played USC. So... Not that I think USC is just going to shut down Penn State, but I think they can contain him. Adam, uh, I, I, I'm I with you. I don't see this quarterback, one more thing. I don't see this quarterback being a major running threat. He's athletic, and he has good mobility, but I don't see him beating him with his legs. Um, maybe getting out of the pocket, but not so much actually running. I, I think that you're going to have to run the ball if you're going to be that weapon against this defense. If you're somebody that can run for maybe 50 yards from the quarterback spot, then you're concerned. See, I'm concerned because I like USC's defense and I like all the points you're making. It's just that, and I've been this to death and it's a dead horse at this point, that defensive line still concerns me. So when I see an offense that I feel like can run the ball and has a good offensive line and is physical, I wonder about them. And then you add in this quarterback that can extend plays because if you have a quarterback that's dropping straight back, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter if this guy can, you know, break a 50 yard run and score with his legs. It's the difference of just extending it because, if you have a guy that's, that's dropping back, USC, even without that much depth, they know, okay, this play has to end in five seconds, seven seconds, whatever it is. You know, He's got to get the ball out or we're going to hit him. That's not the case now. I want, that matchup worries me. If, I, if USC had all the same numbers and performances and a couple more defensive linemen, I'd be totally with you. I just wonder, the more they play teams like this, is that ever going to get exposed and I think it might, uh, especially when Penn State does have such a good offense. I expect them to score on pretty much anybody. Uh, so that's why I'm thinking high-scoring game. You know, there's a good USC defense, statistically a great USC defense. I just don't trust what I see in front of me as being that, uh, just player for player quite yet. If they shut down Penn State, what can I say at that point? You know, but 
I, I don't I don't think it'll happen against an offense like this. Oh, well, for that show, what we'll do is we'll go back to the beginning of the season and take all your little snippets, and we'll do a whole montage. That's what we'll do. Can we do that anyway, just because it would be so good? And can we play the Scarface, push it to the limit montage <laughs> yes, music? Yes, and, and I'll be re- re- recreating the last scene in my house for a meet and greet if anybody wants to come over. <laughs> Nick from Cyprus, say hello out. to my little friend. I'm sorry, go ahead. I want to point out with uh, Trace McSorley that he has had a couple games, actually, where he's eclipsed, like, set the marker at 40 yards. He's done that six times. So he's capable of doing it, but he's done it more as a, like, on designed runs, if that makes sense. You know, the distinction I'm trying to make here, where, like, he rushed rushed 18 times in the game and 19 times in the game. No, like more like a running back. Um, not so much like I'm just going to run a handful of times to make plays. The way, I guess, Darnold. It, if, just make a comparison to Darnold. Gotcha. People have done it, but it's not – Darnold's never run in, you know, in double digits in one game, in double digit carries. They, they don't use him like that. But with McSorley, they do. So – you can prepare for it. It is more of a tendency. It's not uh, as improvisational as it is with Darnold. So he's had games like in the, the Big Ten title game where he had six attempts for minus 20 yards. And that's not unusual for a lot of quarterbacks because they get sacked. So he's kind of all over the place. And I'm sure that they're going to try to make him a, a running weapon. But I just feel like USC will be able to prepare for him a little more than than Penn State can prepare for Darnold. I find Darnold to be really difficult to lock to pin down because he has the arm talent and the leg talent, and he can do it from anywhere behind the line of scrimmage. So you you can't. You can't, I guess, uh, lock him down to, to one thing. You can't just try to take away one thing. Um, a lot of teams typically will try to take away USC's run. That's what they want to do first. That's the objective, to stop the run and then make uh, Darnold in the passing game beat you. I think that's the wrong way to do it with him. That was the way to do it with their previous two quarterbacks. That's not the way to do it with Sam Darnold. I think that you want to quiet the passing game and, and load up in the secondary and try to disguise your your coverages there and kind of uh, coax USC into thinking that they can run the ball when they want to because they're going to keep going back. They, they're they're so bent on being balanced that even if they are running well, what do they end up doing all the time? They still throw the ball. They never have a game where they're they're running the ball two out of three times or, or more. It, it, it's closer to, to 50-50 week in and week out. So I, I think you, you give them the run. As crazy as that might sound to some people, but I think Darnold is the one that that you try to take away that you don't let beat you. 
Hey, I'm with you. You know how I feel about Sam Darnold. I think USC was promoting the wrong guy for Heisman. So I think highly of him. I, I totally get your point. Adam, I want to hear a score prediction from you, though. That's all you really want. I do. I want you to lock it in because I kind of locked it in. I didn't give a score yet. I didn't give a score first if you want, but I want you to lock your Yeah, in well, your I'll, I'll think about my score. I, I know where I'm leaning, but go ahead you and give me? your score. You say, say 42 to 31 Penn State, and they tack on a touchdown late as USC is trying to score in desperation to win, and then they get the ball and score. Um, close game, high-scoring game, uh, but Penn State's going to get – uh, a victory in this one, in my mind, forty-two thirty-one. Wow! Mm. Wow! 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 Morales, why don't you give a score? I know you said two touchdowns, but wow! What are we talking? I'm about? a little taken back. I would like a uh, like the forty-two. I'm going to go forty-two seventeen. Oh wow! Okay. Wow! Just just a handling. Just a. That's what I believe. I'm a USC fan, unlike you. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> 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 wow! I, like I mean, you pick them okay. again. You pick against them in the Rose Bowl. I mean, if you would have said forty-two thirty-nine or forty-two thirty-seven, people would be like, "Okay, well, at least the guy." You know, I mean, okay, that's a just pick USC in that case. And if Penn State wins, okay, well, at least it was close. But you go Penn State 42? 21? Thir- 31. 30. 31, That's right, thirty-one. But still, yeah. God, you're cold-blooded. You may be right, but you're cold-blooded. He's being genuine. You gotta appreciate. I that. I do appreciate the jet, just like we heard the dog a little while ago. Because see, usually we record these at night. But we're doing it in the afternoon, and it's peanut butter time at the Swanson house. So, <laughs> you know, it's just like Dumb and Dumber too. Yes, absolutely. Adam Maya now trying to bounce back after Chris Swanson's pick of Penn State, and me just say USC's going to swamp him. Adam's going to going to hit more in the middle. I think. I definitely because you just said don't even watch this game. That's what you said, Chris Morales. It's not even. Why be would close. you not want to watch this game? It's going to be beautiful. Did, Clay Helms going to have a row uh, of dozen roses on his uh, hand. I mean, it's going to be amazing. So, do you think that like Penn State's just like not even in their stratosphere? Like they they they're not even the same. I kind think of the team? break, and this is what I've seen in bowl games over my my sports radio and sports life. The break always affects one of the teams. In my in in a lot of the games, yeah. there there yeah. are games that that doesn't happen, but for the most part, the break affects somebody. It's almost impossible not to. If I was to say, if we if we took a month off this show, which we kind of did actually, and uh, all of a sudden we come back, things are just thing. I mean, Chris, we like to do the golf analogies, which I know people love listening. But if you don't swing a golf ball or swing a golf club, for I should say, for a month. <laughs> And then you go and play 18, it's going to take you a few holes to get the rhythm back. Even if you're Tiger Woods, that's just the way the body works. That's just the way the mind works. So if Penn State comes out and they're a little off and all of a sudden Sam Darnold and Juju and our offense is just blazing, it's going to throw things off. It's going to throw them off. That's what I'm counting on. Now, it could go the other way. All of a sudden, Penn State comes out just blowing it away, and USC is off. The break has hurt them. I don't think that this team is going to let that happen because they've accomplished too much. To go from the beginning of the season, where they were embarrassed, people thought it was a joke. I mean, the biggest embarrassment of the college football season, for the most part, if you were to do a top five list, I think we're tied for number one, maybe with a few others, but that was right up there. So, to turn that around, 
You got Juju potentially this being his last game. You got a freshman who's just got ice in his veins right now. I just I see it going the other way where Penn State is just off and they can't seem to get it back because USC is just sticking it to them every time. Plus, you you count in the home crowd potentially. You count in the Rose Bowl. You count in Southern California. That's my belief. That's what I think, baby. Yeah, I actually asked him about that today. Whether this felt like it would be a home game, and it does for them. Not even so much because of the crowd yet, because obviously they haven't played, but. Right now, because they're they're home, and they get to do everything in their facilities, and their routine is the same from when they're practicing and how often and what days of the week. It really is lined up for them, where they're they're in rhythm um, more than you would think, and much more than last year. Um, the schedule just worked out that way with when the game was being played. So they did get a Christmas break, and that isn't the norm, obviously. But the previous two weeks, they practiced, and they they had their film study and everything. Their whole week was laid out exactly the way it would have been if they were playing on a Saturday. And then this week, they're just moving it over a couple days, but it's still lined up the way it would those five days before the game. So I think that the rust won't be, won't be a big factor for USC. I can't speak on Penn state, but they just don't lose in LA under Hilton. It's been impressive. Do you guys remember the last time they lost a home game? No, I'm hoping you're going to no, tell me. No, because they, they didn't lose one this year. At, well, yeah, and they didn't lose last year under Hilton either. It was that Washington The Washington game. Start coach. Okay. Who'd they play in that stretch, Adam? Over in the home games? Yeah. That's my well, little joke. Oh, settle okay, well, down. I, settle I mean, down. <laughs> settle <laughs> down, you hater. Wait, you know what they played? What? You know what the first home game was? It was unbeaten Utah, who was number three in the country. Yeah, and ended with four losses or whatever. But I think they were ten and three. Whatever, Adam. I'm a hater. I'm a hater. Well, it's funny because you like Utah. You actually, I know. Uh, yeah, espouse their. their you're gonna be running that site, there. and then, uh, in 2017, you're gonna add that to your uh, your portfolio, right? It's a New Year's resolution, actually, for me to stop hating USC so much after the New Year. So. Yeah, they, they've beaten people. Meanwhile, Adam still hasn't them. given a score prediction. I know. I know. That, yeah. Adam was worried about the length of this show, by right, the way. Right, exactly. Started, just so you guys know. <laughs> and I still got four bits to get to. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I'm having a hard time here. I'm going to say 37-24. Nice. USC. Nice. Almost my two-touchdown prediction. Almost. <laughs> you said I could see him winning by two touchdowns, and you picked him to win by eight touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> you picked him by twenty five. Yeah, What's the over so, under again? Seven and a seven or six and a half. No, no. The oh, over the over under is sixty. Ooh, I guess I just put it right over. There you go. Friends. Take the over for you gambling degenerates out there. Oh, this is a big well, game. You're not a degenerate if you gamble. Under. So. Parlay. Yeah, I guess Penn I did. State and the over. Or do the opposite of what I say, because you know I'm always wrong, and thank me later, either way. 
<laughs> By the way, on MTV Classic right now is a Naked Gun marathon. I used to love those Naked Gun movies. That's how oh, I knew. I that's how I gun. knew of OJ when I was a child. Yeah, that's how you knew of OJ. <laughs> well, when I'm five years old, I didn't know OJ was this. High. I mean, I kind of knew like people said, "Oh, he's a football player," but I didn't really know. You know, I hadn't become vast knowledge of sports yet. Awesome. I get it. I still don't have it, but still. <laughs> anyway, I love those movies. No, those good. are really good. Yeah, it's good. Some really good movies. Yeah, how, how did you learn about OJ, Chris? Because uh, you were at the age down. where things were going down when you were four. Yeah, five I was years four. Old. No, and and he actually, um, uh, the murder I think was June twelfth, right? Yes. Yeah, that's my exactly. sister's birthday. So it was a whole deal. Well, how like, old were you in 1994? You weren't born yet. I was four. Oh, you were no, four. I was four oh, years okay. old. So yeah, that's that's how I knew of OJ first was that he was on trial for murder, and then it was, and it was like, oh, he's a football player, and then it's like, oh, he won a Heisman at USC. Yeah. So that's but that's that was my intro to him because four years old before that, you don't really remember anything like at all. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, that is like my first like you know like year of really like remembering things like i actually i remember watching the trial in my family room or whatever and i don't remember anything before that i my first the first boxing match that i remember was in 94 was foreman uh michael moore Moore, so that's yeah yeah, so that's kind of like my first that's how i remember like oh four years old is when i started really like noticing things so yeah that's that's when i knew of oj simpson really so you still have that kind of memory Uh uh-huh yeah, why wouldn't I have a good memory, Chris Morales? Because see, the brownies <laughs> I've done over my life have depleted a lot of my memory, whereas the brownies you've done, obviously your memory's still strong. That's a compliment to huh. something that's now legal in the many states. Anyway. <laughs> brownies <laughs> is one of my favorite dessert, and yet I've had no ill yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got what a different, are we talking about? You got a different Adam's kind like, of brownie, homeboy. Adam's like, brownies are illegal? <laughs> <laughs> when did brownies become illegal and then become Adam, legal? Adam's driving to the police station to turn <laughs> himself in for 30 years of offenses he's like i've had so many brownies over the years just lock me up now lock speaking of which adam's doping anger is uh, without a doubt and i noticed it on netflix last night when i was just scrolling through and this is a show uh-oh. my family watched uh-oh. when uh-huh. i was a when i was a child because my mother thought i was like fred savage though she thought we looked <laughs> she thought we looked alike and the wonder years you are no, the you, yes. No, no, you are Paul, the best friend. No, you are. Without, no. I saw it. All I saw was like the logo, the box in the Netflix no. menu, and Get all that popped in my head was, "Oh my God, we're doing a show tomorrow!" And oh my God, that's Adam. Oh my God, I can't wait to say this. I've gotten. I haven't gotten that. I've gotten. Um, <laughs> I've gotten. What's his name? I think uh, is it Adrian Brody. In which? In which part? Or just in general? Just, I don't know. I mean, just uh, when he came out. Okay. When, when he came out, just, you know, my friend saying, hey, you look like him. But I don't think I look like him at all. No. And then <laughs> I've gotten Michael Phelps, which, like, I kind of see certain things, certain... Uh, it's the six-pack, right? No, it's more, I meant the face. We're only talking about that, but... I can kind of um, see that, okay. I can see a little bit of it, but... uh I don't know. So you've Wait. given me Adrian Brody and Michael Phelps. I've given you Paul from The Wonder Years and possibly Millhouse from The Simpsons. Yeah, see, I knew that was going. That was coming up next because I think of Paul and Millhouse. Yes, <laughs> like like they're each other's doppelganger. Yeah. 
But I, I'm not theirs, or they're not mine. Get out of here with that. All right. Chris Swanson, have you ever <laughs> seen The Wonder Years? No, I, I didn't really like that show. Okay. That was, that's my favorite show ever. I was more of a Boy Meets World guy. I well, think that was That was his brother, guy. right? Yeah. That's yeah. Really yeah, oh, that was Fred Savage's brother. Funny. You didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. No, Ben Savage. You're ben right. Savage, I didn't even yeah. think about that. That was that's his brother. Oh, yeah, I just I, watched it for Topanga, though. Yeah, a lot of people like Topanga. She wasn't even that attractive on You're that show. You're not watching that the right later. years, dude. You're not watching the right years. You know, well, he's saying when she maybe became a little bit older. You know what I mean? Topanga yeah. did have yeah. the Topangas. I mean, whereas Winnie Cooper didn't. <laughs> Winnie Cooper didn't have didn't have anything. Oh, we've gotten off the rails officially. I thought I thought OJ would be uh, a bigger talking point. Well, I want to bring up one more thing about OJ. Well, sort of about a, a kind of an OJ type figure, not as bad. I think I could tell you guys when I got go. into OJ. Go for it. Go for it. Tell us. And how you know you, I, you, you met him at an Orange Bowl practice while no. you were. Do 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 But I've always been into sports history so when i learned of him and i was introduced to usc football which was basically out of the womb and then i i saw what he accomplished and how he basically should have won two Heismans. i found it interesting that a lot of people will tell you that they think marcus allen was better at usc and that was surprising to me that's what i remembered when introduced to to the whole tradition and tell back you and the running backs and how OJ and Marcus were they're one and two and Charlie White was uh, demoted to number three even though he was the NCAA uh, all-time leading rusher for a long time but but even then uh, a lot of people felt like Marcus was better than OJ I don't know if that was because he came after him um, but yeah, I, I knew of him as a football player before anything else. Really? Yeah, because I grew up in that family. Right. And my, my grandfather had season tickets okay. when OJ was playing. And my mom was going to those games well. And Did your grandfather think he was guilty? Um, it's hard to remember at the time what, what he thought. Um, I remember I was, uh, you know, I, had, I gave him my utmost support. And there was no way he was guilty. And I, I was very young, of right. course. But it was more of a USC thing. I get it. No, absolutely. Uh, There's a lot of people that, that felt... Because uh, I remember my now, grandmother at the time was like, oh, there's no way OJ did that. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. Just because the older now, generation... I'm, I'm weirded out when I, when I come across somebody who believes that he wasn't involved. There, well, there's there a, that's the great point. That's Not a, great, a lot. Yeah, that's they're, the they're, they're very few and far between at this point. Yeah. But when I when I meet those people, I I feel like I can't trust them. <laughs> well, being the journalist you are, though, you said the key point involved. There are people that don't think that he, because of the arthritis, because of his age, whatever, could have pulled that off simultaneously with a younger adult. But key word there involved somehow. So. Yeah. You know what I mean? In case you're wondering, my family is a very pro USC family and my dad got multiple degrees from USC. We all thought OJ. I did. never knew that. <laughs> I never knew that. Never knew what? That your dad went to USC. 
Yeah, he actually he was, he was even a professor there. For I just, I, I, this is all new information. Much like when you told me that you played golf, and I was like, wait a minute. You know I'm a golfer. We've known each other at the time for over a year, and you've just mentioned this. Now you're just mentioning the USC tie-in. I just figured, well, the only way I knew you started in this business was being a degenerate uh, subscriber. No offense to our subscribers, by the way. That was on the message board like nonstop, no, and then sure they none taken. <laughs> and then they gave you a job. Much like if one day we hire Nick from Cyprus, it would be the same thing. Or Drew Krinsky. I think that's a better. Didn't we hire Drew Krinsky? That's true. You're right. Yeah, Morales, right. I hope that you're going to pay our salaries after the show, uh, Eric, <laughs> because we're not going to have them. People love the fun and the frivolity. They've missed this. See, this in the season, we kept it very much between the lines. I mean, there was that one show where Chris got a little out there. But for the most part, we have kept it in, in between the hash marks for people. So now the season's yeah, over. That, we're starting to loosen show up. That, uh, that alluded to Penn State of all teams. <laughs> See what's funny though is I imagine as Chris is talking about keeping it in the lines like a, like in a coloring book, right? It's like we've colored the whole thing in, and then there's just one line. There's just one line that just went right off the page. Yep, and that's that show. It's like Michael J. Fox wrote it. Sorry, that's a family guy. Oh there. wow! <laughs> I knew Chris would appreciate that because Chris literally called me. Chris literally called me yesterday and was like, "Hey, do you want to do this show tomorrow with Adam?" And we were talking about doing a guest show the later in the week with some guests, which we're going to do. And then he said, "Hey, I need to talk to you about something else." And I thought, "Oh crap, is he about to fire me or something?" And then he says, "Have you seen the newest Family Guy episodes?" It's like, uh, no, not really. And he like, we went into this whole ten minute diatribe about Family Guy. It was really amazing. And so how like, crappy it is. This way. last, the new ones, which, which yeah. that, that happens. Anyway, that's me. Right. Did you see the Curb Your Enthusiasm with Michael J. Fox? By the way, no. Where Larry David thought it was a cons- that he was intentionally mm-hmm. like messing with him, like he was intentionally shaking the soda. And giving it to him because he has Parkinson's. Now I got to find that episode. It's amazing. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. So, yes, find it. Yes. There we go. That's probably it for today, huh? Yeah, we apologize, everyone. We've (laughs) insulted a nice handful of people heading into the Rose Bowl. I didn't even get to my Todd Maravich thing that I wanted to touch on. Go ahead. We'll save that. Oh, you want to say Marinovich? Marinovich, sorry. I was just going to say, because he went to the Rose Bowl as a freshman. Larry Smith. They beat Michigan. Are you guys concerned? Do you guys think like we need to see next year? You know what I mean? Do you think back to that at all and think like we need to see next year before we know everything's going okay? You mean with, with Sam Darnold? And with Darnold and the coaches and all all that. If Darnold says after the Rose Bowl, I don't want to be Sam Darnold, are we going to get worried? <laughs> well, I would, I would hope they wouldn't want to do that, but... Uh, no, I think it's a bit of a different time. I just think it that, is a different time. I, I just think that uh, here's what I think. How do I say this? The uh, we just brought up OJ, and I just thought of that parallel to it. It just feels like that Rose Bowl kind of parallels this one a little bit. So I, I just thought of it. You know what I mean? Because we were talking OJ. Todd reminds me of OJ a little bit. So I think there is so much on the line now for these kids. Not that there wasn't then, but when you talk about the money that is on the line of being an NFL quarterback or an NFL player of that level coming out of USC, being in the draft. I mean, we talk about the money that's on the line for Juju potentially coming up in April. Uh, and Adore. And Adore. You, you have people around you, you would hope, even as a freshman, that are saying, don't do that. <laughs> don't screw it up. Here's, here's a list of guys that screwed it up. Don't screw it up. And you would hope that they, not, they prevent that. I'm not it, talking it, about 
that part of it really. Oh, I'm just okay. talking about like what the program, what it was looking like at that time, and with the, the freshman quarterback right. and the Rose Bowl, and then the Rose Bowl win, and where it went afterwards. You're just talking about is it a jinx potentially? I, I just, I just, we start talking about OJ. I just thought Todd popped into my head, and then I just thought of that that Rose Bowl. I was like, wow, like there's a lot of similarities here. So that's all. I just. We could have left on a fun Family Guy Michael J. Fox bit, but now you've I'm left sorry, us, That's why you've left everyone. You've left everyone wondering now, like, oh crap! You made me go there. You're the so. guy who goes on vacation and goes, "Hey, did we lock all the doors?" I'm the guy that goes on vacation and leaves the garage door open because <laughs> I was doing some Michael Phelps and Brownie stuff before I left. Good so job! You- See, good job to bring it all around. <laughs> I'm actually, gonna, I'm actually thinking about your question now adam's thinking about clear. it now people on the but, board are going to start thinking about it it's not good are you are you basically questioning if what we've seen is for real yes well if you look at the history of football uh, of usc football you'll notice that there are four coaches that just one 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 and a slew of others that might have won but didn't win enough and it really just goes two categories with maybe a, a couple exceptions so time it will, will answer that question i think it's a, a fair question i know that a lot of people if they're being honest are still wondering that um and that, that's kind of the the kind of conversation that people uh, bring to me when I do encounter them or we talk privately, they want to know if if what has happened will be sustained. And we, we won't know in, until it happens. It, it, that's just the way it works. Um, I, I guess as a comparison, it it's not necessarily going to be like Michigan right now where you know that if Jim Harbaugh is there, they're winning 10 games and they'll be competing for national titles year in and year out. That's just what it is with him. And that's basically what he's been doing for the better part of a decade now when he got Stanford to that level in you know, 2010 I mean, it started earlier than that, but then once it got to that point, and they and they stayed there even after he left, um, and then with the 49ers and at Michigan, so there's no doubt there. And with USC, well, no one wants to talk about that right now, but I think it's a fair question, and. Uh, I think there's reason to be encouraged because Helton is new as a coach. And so while we wondered when he would get to this point, I think if we gave him benefit of the doubt, we thought he could get there, but it would probably take several years and it would, it should have started at a smaller program as a head coach and then worked his way up to a USC where he could win and be a, you know, guiding a, a top 10 team, a top 5 team into into a Rose Bowl. USC might finish in the top 5 with a win here. So, we didn't see it coming in 
what is essentially year one. That that's more than you can ask for, I think, at this point. But it, it does also raise expectation for next year. If they take a step back, then you know it unfortunately um, changes the whole conversation about the program. That's just the way it works. Without a doubt. Thanks, yeah. Chris, for uh, injecting that into all our brains. I, I ruined the show. That's yeah. all I did. I just ruined the show. No big deal. You're welcome, everybody. Well, this is what people want to know. When are they going to win a national title? So, if uh, if you're looking at the glass half full with Helton, Chris, when did they win a national title? Well, honestly, I think that after a year like this, you're either winning it pretty soon or you're not doing it with this coach. That's, you know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel. Like they, you know, they're in the upper echelon pack 12. Now they need to do it in the next five years or four years or something. Or I, I'm not sure it's going to happen for them. I thought you were alluding to even sooner. Maybe. Like well, I, I don't, I don't think it, I don't like them as a national title contender next season though. That's my problem. Well, we, we don't know so, enough yet. I understand what that's about. That's another podcast yeah. because we we have to know who's coming back. It's, it's and like who they're they bringing have, in. Exactly. We, we don't know enough yet. It, yeah, it's it's very premature. I understand that there will be odds uh, immediately on whatever it is, January 9th or whatever the day after the, the national title game is. But let's not even have that conversation yet. Um, but, well, but but that's my point. Okay, so but what about like, just you? You said with, within five years they would need to do it. But uh, if again, if you were looking at it like you like say you do believe that they'll get to that point, um, you're you're thinking that that it would be by 2020, I guess. I I, I only say that because the thing is 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 the quarterback situation kind of makes it tough for me because I think Sam Donald's the guy to do it. Will he have the offensive line next year? I'm not sure. Then it's like, is he going to be there? And if he's not, do they have the quarterback to win the national championship? So it's almost like there has to be another guy, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's, sure. that's impossible to know right now. Yeah. We don't know who the, the backup quarterback is. So that's why I, th- I put, the, I put the, the span out a little bit. Yeah, but, but he, two, you know, basically. a lot of people are assuming now that if he just has a big year next year, which I understand why you assume that part of it, that he'll leave and he could leave. He'll be eligible to leave, but you know, he could play one more year. I, he obviously has three more years that he could play and it, it's hard to see him uh, using up all his eligibility, but it wouldn't be uh, a shocker, I guess that, that he would, he would that for him to come back for, a third season of playing. If he did, I would think that's the season where it's like Clay Helton has to prove it because if if he had Sam Darnold in his third year or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know he it would be his third year, you know, as the head coach plus some extra time. I think that's you kind of got to figure it out because then you're you know in my mind if their offensive line isn't ready next year, you got to think hey you, you know you would have that fixed by the year after. You know, I don't know about all their other positions, but, you know, most of those if with development and proper recruiting at USC are going to be fine. You know what I mean? So yeah. if Donald's back, 
that's the year to prove it is his ending years at USC. You got to think, hey, they got to compete for a national title now. Well, here, one, one more question. There are a lot of variables involved beyond just the quarterback, but do you see Helton building or potentially building a program that will win 11 to 12 games every year? Because that's what you have to do to make it to the final four. Are you asking? Once you're in the final four, then anything can happen. But you got to get into the final four. You have to win, obviously, the division and win the conference. Do you see him? I think we're we're in agreement that you know that they should be winning the division, and then they're playing in that Pac-12 title game. Um, But let's go even beyond that. Do you see a a program that will be winning that you're going eleven and two or twelve and one year in and year out? Off of if I just looked at his first year, yeah, and I was kind yeah. of blind. Yeah, that's all you got. Yeah, and I was kind of blind to everything else, and I'm I'm ignoring my opinions and stuff. And right, I'd say yes. I would say yes because they, you know, they they've won eight straight games, right? They came back from a one and three start. They finished strong. They went to the Rose Bowl, and they're in the top ten. It's just the other things that just my other feelings, my other opinions that I know exist make me question if that will happen. Because before this season, before he got hired, I was convinced that this wasn't going to work. So I still, in a way, feel that way just because it's been one season. I'm not convinced that I was wrong yet. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I get it because you have perspective and there's context and you've been around the team for years and you've been around Hilton for a long time. But there's also, for you, there's, uh, there's going to be confirmation bias involved where you're going to be expecting and looking for them to fall short of what we're talking about, which is a national championship. Do you think maybe that's also why I picked them to lose to Penn State and Washington? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, sure. (laughs) There you go. You heard it, USC fan. Hey, I I picked them. It was the only game I got wrong this season, but I picked them to lose to Washington. It's the only and, game I got wrong. No, I picked Arizona State. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Um, but I, I was I was off in that game. I thought it'd be a close game. I just didn't think they would win. And uh, they, they won by 12. So sometimes being so close is a major advantage, and sometimes it's to your detriment. So uh, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, people should know that you're not just saying this. You're not trying to offer a hot cake. Uh, this is really how you see things. And um, I just think that we don't know enough. I, I hate to to not be more, you know, concrete about this, but um, I don't think we know enough about Helton as the head coach to say that they're going to be a national champion. But um, I'm certainly willing to, to entertain that conversation much more than I was a year ago from now. I think it's a, you know, it's worth having. Where a, a year ago, I just I thought that like, what's what's going to happen next year? And I don't I don't think you should be asking that question uh, about USC football. You know, to the point where. Are they going to win seven games? So uh, I, I think he's proved quite a bit. And uh, 
climbing up that ladder and there's still uh, more to come and more more to more to do if you wanted to know the format for this show looking back podcast on rose bowl intermission podcast on the future of usc and <laughs> gotta love it chris love bring, it. chris uh says adam is paul from uh the wonder years intermission nick from cyprus didn't invite me to his get-together intermission <laughs> thanks nick Hey, you know what? It's okay because everybody stopped listening an hour and a half ago. No, so. they didn't. We know they didn't. We haven't even gone that long. Yeah, we haven't. Have we, have we haven't. It just no. feels that long because it's so fun to hang. You're out the with one you. that you. You're the one that kept it going. <laughs> We're all feeling good. We're heading into the new right. year, the Rose Bowl. Hey, even though we we got annihilated by Alabama and we thought this season was going to be the worst in USC history, we turned it around. Oh, guys, did you ever think that this could be like the Todd Marinovich year? Hey, guys, do you think that if we don't win a national championship? Next year, it's all going to go to hell. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> we You're appreciate welcome, it. everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> all right. Trojansports.com podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Trojan Sports for that kind of... I mean, he. there's no doubt. Plus, he picked Penn State to win this game. If you want somebody who is not a USC homer like all those other sites, sign up. Trojansports.com. Okay, it's cheaper than a couple cups of Starbucks coffee for your new year. You got to do it. Less than $10 a month. And if you don't subscribe to this show, what are you doing? Subscribe on iTunes on Audio Boom. Click the other tab at Trojansports.com, and you can always listen to us and comment. And I have a feeling there's going to be some comments after this one. Um, we're right there at Trojansports.com. We've got another show coming this week, which will be a preview show before Monday's game, which will be, uh, we're going to run down, hopefully, Adam Gorney, who's a Penn State graduate, somebody from the Penn State rival site, efforting Sean Salisbury, and more, and more, hopefully. Maybe we'll have Chris Swanson back on to uh, defend himself after he gets annihilated on the boards. Who knows? But for now... I ain't coming back. <laughs> but for now, thank you for listening to this week's edition. The family back together of the Trojansports.com podcast. Enjoy the game, and we will, and Happy New Year, and we will uh, talk to you very soon. Peace. Thanks for listening. Oh, baby, happy-